You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hey, coaches. This episode is part of the Client Management Series. And in the last episode, I covered seven red flags to watch for with clients and also how you need to watch your feelings for indications of losing your integrity in sessions with coaching clients. Well, this session is one of the ways that you can lose your integrity and effectively disempower your client. Obviously something you don't intend to do. And so it's really worth it to learn how to watch your integrity and more. So think about a scenario. Have you ever had a client who comes to a session and they're kind of resistant? Maybe they have their arms folded across their chest or that's what it feels like. Coaching just seems to kind of slide off of them or bounce off of them. It's just, or it's not getting through somehow. Or even worse, they seem to have the expectation that you will figure things out for them, but they aren't really willing to be part of the solution. So what's going on here? It's power dynamics. See, for coaching to happen, both coach and client must show up co-creative, resourceful, and whole to the session. In other words, standing in their personal power. Now, when I say personal power, I want to be sure that you know I'm not talking about lording power over anyone, dominating anyone. I'm talking about kind of a power of the higher self, the power where you stand in your integrity, holding boundaries, holding right responsibility, not too much, not too little, for your role, and where they show up in their own personal power, similarly, but in a different role, right, from you in the co-creative relationship. So how can you do your part to encourage your clients to stand in their power, and of course, for you to stand in your own personal power. Most coaches that I meet genuinely want to help others. In fact, I would say it is a driving force in their personality, a driving force in their lives to give and give and give some more. (laughs) Are you familiar with the Enneagram? I wonder what your number is if you are. I'm a two, which is the helper. Yes, the consummate helper, the consummate giver, the consummate overdoer. (laughs) And I have gone many turns around the spiral, learning to become ever more conscious about the heavy shadow side of that seemingly, you know, noble desire to help and give. Do you feel me? Wanting to help and give all the time can actually disempower others. And it can also disempower you. While it's an obvious choice for someone who has this desire to give and to help to become a coach, that very impulse needs to be monitored in the relationship and in sessions with your clients. So for me, learning how to empower clients always begins with what I call right-sizing myself. My intention is to show up as powerful as I 
truly am without inflating or deflating myself through my thoughts, words, or actions. Because I know that if I am not right-sized, it will upset the power dynamic in my relationship with my clients and disempower them somehow. And I also know I'm going to feel like crap because when you inflate or deflate your role, things don't feel right. They don't feel good. They don't work well. So as much as that might suck, (laughs) it's kind of a good thing because it's a barometer for you. So I want you to think about it. In your last coaching session, were you right-sized? Did you inflate your role? Did you perform? Did you over-deliver? Or did you deflate your role? Were you self-deprecating or sort of not really standing up as the powerful coach you could be, challenging your client, helping your client to grow? I just want to say about this thing, it is not a set it and forget it sort of thing. You know, we're human beings in relationship to other human beings, all of those factors shift and change, right? And so it really requires you centering before beginning any session and then tracking yourself through and maybe even after the session too. So I have five main ways that you can empower yourself and empower your coaching clients. And there are some fine tuning points below these. And so if you want to see the show notes so that you can refresh your memory about these things, you can go to prosperouscoach.com slash 89. So number one is to hit the reset button before your sessions. Take five minutes of quiet to breathe. This is a good idea anyway, right? And just reconnect to your highest self. Value yourself intrinsically. Know that you are good enough. Own your gifts. Own your talents and skills as different than, but not more than, your clients. This is really important. Be able to show your vulnerability without being self-deprecating. Do you know what I mean? You can show that you're real, that you're human. Be humble but not self-deprecating, because that's stepping over the line, right? And here's something that's really important. Plan to get your needs met somewhere else besides the coach-client relationship or in coaching sessions. And I remember this early on as a coach, how I heaped a lot of expectation on my relationships with my clients to serve my needs somehow. And that will always lead you astray. And it takes some doing to get out of that that practice. Number two, let your clients take full responsibility for their role. And I'm talking about things like, first, you need to charge fees that pay you well. Because if you don't, you are deflating your power. You don't ever want to adjust fees just to get a client. That is deflating your role right? Deflating your power and disempowering your client. You want to treat your clients as resourceful adults. This is really important. As a coach, we are not parents. You don't want to do your client's work for them unless that is somehow part of your package, which it's unlikely to be as a new coach. I do some of my clients' work for them simply by editing some of their messaging or things like that, but it's part of my agreement with them and I price accordingly. Set time boundaries and 
ask your clients to honor those. Don't let them get away with being late all the time. Number three, promote their original thinking and self-starting. So what I mean by this is, you know, verbally appreciate their unique abilities, praise their self-awareness and their intuitive action and insights and reward their initiative with your enthusiasm and ask them about what they're going to do next and challenge them to do more than what's comfortable. Number four is spark their wisdom without manipulating. You want to let go of assumptions of what you think they know or don't know. You want to ask their opinion about how to best coach them. That's a cool thing to do. Have you ever done it? And you want to ask a lot of direct, open-ended questions. Let go of the impulse to lead them somewhere. And you want to own your own opinions as just that, your opinions. Don't ever make them wrong for their thoughts or beliefs. Number five is to listen for their truth. You want to validate their feelings without taking them on. And as givers and helpers, we can sometimes take on our clients' feelings and it kind of messes with our day. That's You don't need to be doing that. Also, separate your story from their story. Sure, you can relate to them or empathize with them, but don't take over the story. And ask questions to help them separate facts from their interpretation. And by the way, if you haven't employed this in your own life, it rocks. My first coach taught me how to do this, to separate facts from interpretation. It's very handy. So I hope you will employ some of these things and feel better about your relationship with your clients and feel better about how you feel after you're done. Stay inspired and make things happen. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.